Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. Hey, this is Trip Lanier, host of the New Man Podcast. What you're about to hear is the audio taken from a video that I've created. And it may make a lot more sense if you can actually see the visuals that go along with what you're hearing. You can watch all of the videos by visiting thenewmanpodcast.com. Today we're going to talk about why we get into a place specifically around relationships where we end up feeling trapped or drained or isolated or bored or overwhelmed. We wonder why, am I with the right person? We get into that kind of a, of a question and that, that kind of doubt. Um, we're going to talk about how this relates to a sense of purpose, like what is the purpose of the relationship? Many people never ask that question. And then we'll talk about some baby steps, some things that we can do, where we can go from feeling confined to more expansive and empowered and get out of this same shit, different day kind of a thing. Um, first up, I'm Trip Lanier. I'm a professional coach. I'm also host of the New Man Podcast, which has been downloaded millions of times I'm the author of This Book Will Make You Dangerous, and for whatever we're about to talk about, take what works for you and throw out the rest. Um, let's go back. Let's go back to sixth grade. Let's talk about my first kiss. My first kiss was with a, a girl named Jennifer. She was a cheerleader. She was a seventh grader. Um, this was pretty hot stuff for me. Was, that was, I was moving into the big leagues there, and that first kiss... Um, it was disgusting. It was a. It was like uh, the jaws, you know, unhinged, and the 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 it, the tongue and the. I remember the sound, the saliva. It was gross. Uh, that relationship, though, you know, it, it flourished for hours, and we. Uh, but eventually, things began to fade. Um, we drifted apart. <laughs> Over the course of a week or so, they're just it just we just weren't aligned, um, and it, so it didn't surprise me that one day after school, Jennifer came up to me with her friend, and they were both in their cheerleading outfits because there was a game or something that night, and um, she picked up a leaf. She picked up a leaf off of the ground, and she says, "You know, um, well, this is us." And she picked up the leaf and she ripped it in half. And so, was I surprised? No. Did it hurt? Yeah. Um, but I, ultimately, I think it was a blessing. We just weren't aligned. We weren't on the same page. So 
let's come back to this question. Am I with the right person? Usually we don't feel aligned with the person that we're with. We might be sharing the house with them, but it's like, are we really aligned? Are we on the same page? We have different interests. We have different worldviews. We have different temperaments about how we go about solving problems. It can be really um, common when I talk to somebody who's gotten into personal growth, but their partner hasn't gotten into it yet. And there can be this separation that starts to happen. Um, another big tell is that we're withholding the truth. Uh, we don't want to have anything kind of blow up or uh, we don't want to deal with any kind of punishment or retribution for something. Um, this has us treating our partner like a parent where we're asking for permission to do something or I got a home and my wife would never let me do that kind of thing. That's how you can start to tell that something's off here. Um, and you can definitely tell with the guys that get into this yes, dear thing, they, the, the guys that carry their wife's purse around the mall. Not good. Um, consequences of doing this, we stay in relationships way past their due date. You know, like if a relationship has a nice arc, a beginning and a middle and an end, we stay, we stay in it way too long. We don't recognize when it's time to course correct or make some adjustments. We stay in this stuck place. Um, small problems have a tendency to become very big problems. Resentment is there. Toxicity is there. It's all under the surface. And what this does is it kills intimacy. It kills uh, sex drive, it kills attraction. It's like, why would I want to be with this person sexually when I really can't freaking stand them? I've got, I've got a beef with them. I've got, I've got stuff that I haven't dealt with. Um, so we lose excitement and, you know, hey, this opens the doors for affairs or other naughty stuff. So what's going on here? I'm going to, I'm going to use really broad strokes here. There's lots of reasons why relationships go south and why they don't work out. But for the context here that we want to set today, we want to talk about purpose. And we want to talk about what, how, how that has us get a sense of alignment here. So let's zoom out. Th let's think about when we were single. And in that time, most of us didn't want to be alone. Being alone brought up three things. It was uncomfortable to be alone. There was a loneliness. There was a, a feeling of being alone that was uncomfortable to be with. That, that emotion, that sense, that sensation of just being, it's like, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to be alone anymore. Number two, there was uncertainty. What's going to happen with my life? Am I always going to be alone? Where, am I, where are things headed? How are things going to work out? There was that tension that comes with uncertainty. And then there was this third thing that was going on, which is I want to be accepted. Am I acceptable? Am I lovable? Uh, we want to know that we're loved and we're accepted. But beyond that, we want the world to know that we're not uh, a bump on the frog's ass. That, um, hey, you know what? We matter. I matter. I'm important, at least to this person. So those three things are underneath the surface. Let's just consider that those three things are underneath the surface when we're single and we're looking for that partner and they can be a big driver to have us be in a hurry to find someone. So let's say we find somebody and we're in a hurry. We want to get out of this discomfort. We want to create some certainty. We want to lap up and be, yes, I'm accepted. Here we go. I'm getting out of isolation. And that's when we rarely, rarely, rarely ever check to see if there's true, deep alignment. We're so focused on getting through that discomfort, uncertainty, and get into that acceptance or get out of that isolation that we rarely ask the bigger, deeper questions about alignment. There's, there's hormones that are flowing. Maybe we're getting some sex and eating food and just having a great old time. And it's like, why do I want to? We don't need to look at this too much. Let's just keep powering ahead. So not a lot of blood in the brain. We don't make the best choices. We don't have, you know, we don't bother checking the boxes. So 
time goes on, we get into autopilot. We get into set it and forget it. We may care deeply about this person, but do we really like them? I mean, are they really an ally to us in, in terms of the bigger things that we want to accomplish in our lifetime? Because um, at the core, they don't want us to change too much and we don't want them to change too much. There's this thing of where we want to just kind of freeze everything and have it be stuck in time. I want to put it into a box. That's where that comfort, that certainty, and that acceptance re- resides. So at that point, we could consider that the purpose of the relationship, the purpose of the relationship at that point isn't about growth or possibility or what could come next in our life. It's merely about preserving comfort, certainty, and what was the third one? Acceptance. All right, stick with me. So we look around We look around our community and probably we find that most of the people we know are living in some version of this shitty situation. And so we settle. We say, at least, at least I'm not alone. At least I know what to expect. At least I have someone who accepts me on some level. So I'm going to stick it out. All right. So let's talk about purpose for a second. In my book, This Book Will Make You Dangerous, I go to town on this idea of purpose. Guys get a hard-on for this idea. They, they, they think that if they can find their purpose in life, then everything's going to line up and they can create all this alignment, and that's fantastic. Most of the time, though, we look at purpose as an outcome or a thing or something to accomplish. And I dismantle that in the book. I help us see that those outcomes are really a theory for the way that we want to feel. And so, like I said, we've got this relationship, and the purpose of the relationship is so we feel comfortable, we feel certain, we feel accepted. Comfort, certainty, and acceptance are very important, but I want us to consider that they're just the baseline. And as long as comfort, certainty, and acceptance are the purpose of our relationship, then we can always expect that we're just going to kind of hit this limit. We're going to hit this ceiling, and we're going to get bored, or we're going to get trapped or drained or isolated in that place. That's the ceiling. It's about as good as it gets. So why is this? It happens because we don't feel safe enough to talk about what's really bothering us. We don't feel encouraged to express, let's say, our sexual needs or our sexual desires. We don't feel safe enough to talk about what's really important for us without, the, without fearing being criticized or dismissed. This is why so many of us settle. We're unwilling to have those uncomfortable conversations we're unwilling to feel those uncomfortable emotions. We're unwilling to do anything that's going to rock the boat or do anything that may get us rejected. It's dangerous to that primitive part of our brain that's, that has adapted to think that comfort, certainty, and acceptance are the end-all, be-all. Bottom line, playing it safe, always choosing comfort, certainty, and acceptance, this is making us weak. It's making our relationships fragile. And when we, uh, when we make avoiding discomfort, uncertainty, and rejection, the purpose of our relationship, then our worlds get smaller and more restricted. And this is exactly what kills what we ultimately want. So let's talk about what is it that we ultimately want. Clients hire me, coaching clients hire me to create a business that's aligned with their values, to become an authority in their field, to get off of a lousy trajectory and to get onto an inspiring one. And when I ask clients what they really want, and I'm talking about beyond comfort beyond certainty, beyond acceptance, it's a lot easier to figure out what they want by, by looking at what they ultimately want to avoid. So instead of feeling trapped, they want to feel free. Instead of feeling drained, they want to feel alive. Instead of feeling isolated, they want to feel connected, deeply loved, deeply appreciated for who they are. Instead of bored or overwhelmed, 
They want, a, they want a, a deep sense of peace. They want peace of mind. When we use freedom, aliveness, love, and peace as our guidance system, we can, we can set better goals for what we truly want in life. Because we ultimately know that no matter what, we want to experience freedom, aliveness, love, and peace. How do we know this? Because if we accomplish those goals and we still felt trapped or drained or isolated or bored or overwhelmed, we'd be like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, I screwed up somewhere. And making freedom, aliveness, love, and peace our kind of North Star, it's going to collide with our commitment for comfort, certainty, and acceptance. It's going to seem dangerous to that, to that primitive part of the brain. This is because freedom challenges us to speak up for what we truly want. Aliveness challenges to do what scares us just a bit, just to get beyond our comfort zone. Love is going to challenge us to show up as we are instead of playing a role or people-pleasing. Peace of mind arises when we deal with our challenges head on instead of sweeping them under the rug and hoping that some magical thing is going to come along and save the day. Again, comfort, certainty, acceptance are needed. They're not the bad guys, but they're just the baseline. We don't want to let them eclipse the the bigger purpose that we have in our lifetime. So what if we could shift the purpose of relationship from comfort, certainty, and acceptance to freedom, aliveness, love, and peace? What if it wasn't so dangerous. What if, what if we as individuals or our relationships weren't so fragile? What if a little bit of danger was actually good for us? Let's talk about some baby steps that we can take to start to ease into this. And we can do this without being reckless. I think that's where, where most of us get into this place where it's like, well, if I make a change, it's going to blow everything up. It's going to screw everything up. No, it's not. We can, we can take tiny little steps and start to create this expansion in a very sober, grounded way. First thing relationships take two people. So if you don't like the dynamic of your relationship, recognize your ability to stop perpetuating that dy- that dynamic. And that means taking full responsibility. So if I'm not happy about how things are going, I'm going to take full responsibility for my part in it. If I stop doing my part in this thing, then the wheel stops going, right? So I'm going to put a stick in the spokes and that that dynamic, that wheel stops turning. We're not going to play the victim here. We're not going to be waiting on our partner to change. That's so common. It's like, hey, Trip, how do I get my partner to change? How do I get my partner to do this? No, you don't do that. You take responsibility for yourself. You are the person that decides to change and then create an invitation for that person to join you in that. So we're going to stop the complaining. We're going to get creative here. It's up to us to align our lives, our day-to-day actions with freedom, aliveness, love, and peace first. So let's get the juices flowing. Let's do a little journal exercise. Start to consider, beyond just being comfortable, certain, and accepted, what do you really want from your relationship? What role do you want your relationship to play in your life? Instead of fitting yourself into a box, how could this relationship empower you to be more of who you truly are? And the way, to, the way to tell that is to look for the places where you feel frustrated or you feel hemmed in and start to think of another way. Well, instead of that happening, I would prefer to have this other thing happening. Now, whether you think that will actually happen or not, I'm not concerned about that right now. I just want you to start to imagine what that other response could be. And then, on a, on, again, back to this individual level, it's like, what would have me feel more free today? What would have me feel more alive today? What would have me feel more loved or connected to the people that I care about? What would have me feel greater peace of mind? It's, it, we want to get as specific as possible. And this is 
like I said in the book, it, it's a practice. It's an ongoing practice. It's not one of those set it and forget it things. There's nothing autopilot about this. It is ongoing, hour to hour. We're always asking ourselves this question. So without needing to fix or rescue your partner, let's come back to this journaling exercise. Without needing to fix or rescue your partner, how would you like to be supportive to them? What would it look like for you to be an ally to them? Now, here's the trap, because especially if you're one of those guys that's really into the personal development stuff, you see all of the ways that your partner can improve. You see this book. If they read this book, it would change their lives. Or if they listen to this podcast, it would change their life. And you just want to cram it down their freaking throat and just get them to change so you would feel better. And you got to watch out for that because that's not their path. That's not the thing that they're into. So, but on the other end, it's like, what would it look like for you to be an ally to them? To just be supportive, to be, to, to watch that place where you are a little uncomfortable about them changing or shifting or growing and to relax that a little bit and say, yeah, you know, I want, I want to support this person in that. I want them to expand in this way. I want that for them. It's not about me. So what could the next step be? So we've done this journaling exercise. You ready to go? If you're ready to go to the bonus level, the bonus level is to actually have a conversation, to invite your partner into this conversation. And this doesn't mean, this conversation doesn't mean that anything's broken. doesn't mean that anything's wrong doesn't mean that there's fingers to point or anybody to blame. It's simply an opportunity to get creative. It's simply an opportunity to say, hey, let's, would you be open to exploring what's possible? And that can be uncomfortable in and of itself. I want to just acknowledge that because sometimes it's like, wait a second, we're having a talk. Something must be wrong. And it doesn't have to be that way. Um, you could watch this video together. <laughs> you got to watch out like, where you want to cram it down their throat. No, just it could be an invitation. Hey, would you be open to this? And if they don't like the video, they can get pissed off at me instead of you. So for this conversation, set the context, right? Let's zoom out. See your whole life t- together. What experiences do you both want to have before you die? Like what, what really matters? Like what, what, what are the things that you would hate to go through life and be like, well, I played it safe. Shit. Like I, I didn't go for this or I didn't go for that or I never got to express this part of me. See if you can start to lean into some of those places and reveal that stuff to each other. That's big. But nonetheless, that's, that's what allies do, right? I want you to have this experience before you die. I want to have this experience before I die. I would love to have your support in that. I'd love for you to be a cheerleader for me. That would, that would feel fantastic. That's how I'd know we, we were more aligned, that we were allies to one another. And then name it. Name that it might, that, that to have this way of living, that to create from this place might be uncomfortable. It might feel uncertain. It might feel a little dangerous from time to, from time to time. But what if that was okay? What if, it, what if you guys could stand that? What if you weren't so fragile? And then consider, right, maybe that this is an ongoing conversation. This is something that could become a, a regular practice for you guys to check in with this and say, hey, you know what? We haven't had this conversation in a while. How's it going? You know, how, how could I be a better ally? Here's what's happening for me. Uh, what do you think of this? How could you support me in that? So, before you start to take any really big steps here, I want to just name it. It's most important to start small. Start small and focus on doing the things that are just for you, right? Instead of, hey, we're, we together are going to, to, to make this big change together. It doesn't have to be that way. It can just simply be, hey, I want to do some things for myself individually. Um, maybe you don't have to spend every evening on the couch watching television together. Maybe you go take that class or do that training that you've been wanting to do. Maybe you go spend a, a weekend by yourself if that's your thing, where you want to go have an adventure on your own 
or maybe you just want to want to go spend time with your friends without feeling guilty about it, lean into those places and, and reclaim your life as an individual. And you can build momentum this way. And th- this is how we learn through gathering data that the little tiny things that used to seem dangerous actually make us stronger. It trains us to deal with the bigger stuff. It gives us confidence. Um, this discomfort, this uncertainty starts to, we get, we get that it's a more normal thing. It's not something that means that every, that we're going off the rails or anything. It's just like, oh yeah, this is part of life. It knows, this is how we know that we're expanding and that we're actually could be moving in the direction of greater expansion and strength. Um, it gives us that sense that deep down, hey, if, if these uncomfortable things start to come up, I can handle this. We can handle this. When we use these experiences as our guidance system, we're going to bring more alignment to not just our relationships, but everything in life, work, personal relationships, uh, how, we, how we train ourselves, how we, how we move our bodies. This discomfort can be used as information to course correct. Instead of something we numb ourselves to, we can see it and say, wait a second, that's information. That's good data. That's an opportunity to expand. Well, let's get curious here instead of defensive, or let's get curious here instead of, I need to push this down or, or make it go away. And, uh, and maybe like a cheerleader who ripped up a leaf to end your relationship, you'll start to realize that there might be some tough pills to swallow, but they might be blessings in disguise. So I hope that this video has been helpful for you. Be sure to check out all the free resources at thenewmanpodcast.com. You can learn more about This Book Will Make You Dangerous by visiting dangerousbookstore.com. Here's to greater freedom, aliveness, love, and peace. Thank you so much for watching. If you want to take full advantage of all that The New Man has to offer, be sure to visit thenewmanpodcast.com and grab the solutions I've created to help you play a bigger game, align your profession with what really matters, and keep your relationships out of the ditch. It's all available at thenewmanpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.